Welcome everyone to What the Force, and welcome to a relatively immediate reaction to Kenobi, because I'm here with Michael Cohen, who is uh, from the podcast Faster, More Intense, and we were both able to watch the first two episodes of Kenobi live at the Celebration Red Carpet. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Michael, <laughs> Thank to you. What the Force. Thank you. Yes, this is exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. When I was Even like, though it's, it is late at night. It is. I was <laughs> like, hey, in the morning, hey but... do you want to record? And you're like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, we'll try to make it short. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're yeah. both tired. It's been a long day. We, uh, yeah, I mean, not only did we get to see it early... <clears throat> I, but we also got to be in the room with, I mean, the people who made the show. Cast and crew and like Deborah Chow was watching it. Hayden and Ewan were in the room watching it. Yeah. We like where I was, there was some visual effects people. So when their names came up on the screen, they like cheered really loudly. (laughs) It, it, It just had like such an interesting vibe. Um, one thing that was super interesting that happened in the room because it's celebration was anytime that the fans recognized something like um, a certain character came on screen, they would like cheer really loudly. And yeah. it was like, like it just felt a little weird because like you don't get experience that at yeah. a movie theater Except if it's like Tobey Maguire coming back as Spider-Man or something like that, right? Or Andrew Garfield showing up. You're like, ah! Like, you know, you just... But it was every time... It was persistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, There was was a lot in those two episodes, those first two episodes. Are we going to go spoil like full spoilers on this? Or will it start... No spoilers and then go into spoilers? Yeah, we'll we'll do a little bit of a pre-spoiler and then we'll warn you when we're going to go into spoilers. Yeah, it was. How are you yes. feeling about it? I I am uh, like ecstatic about it. I I think coming off of two seasons of Mando and Book of Boba Fett and sort of the quality level that those are at, which is never something that I'm like super critical of with those. They're TV shows as opposed to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this, I was like, I had higher expectation for it, but the production quality was movie level Mm -hmm. so far like Mm -hmm. in these in these first two episodes like it is top notch there's a couple of moments where you're like yeah that's definitely sitting on a blue screen sort of Mm -hmm. thing so it's and and like oh now that we really know the volume and stagecraft and all that it's like okay you can tell when we're in those environments but at the same time um like they have learned to push this stuff i mean like i think Deborah Chow having having done a couple of episodes of mando really knows her way around the tech yeah um and and they wrote uh, this is one of the things that she talked about in in the press conference that they did last week is that having experienced the technology they when they went to write uh, mm, Obi-Wan Kenobi, they knew how to use the tools they yeah. could write yeah, yeah, yeah. to the tech as opposed yeah, yeah. to the to the experience on the first two seasons of mando so um i think that that's really apparent that it's like they know when to use it when to use real locations and stuff like that mm-hmm. when to go outside and shoot um, and I think it makes a big difference in selling the world, but, but yeah, like just where the story goes and, uh, the, the characterization of everybody so far has just been like, it's been very surprising in a great way. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm ecstatic. I'm so, so happy with it. The look and the feel of the world was beyond what I expected. Like mm-hmm. it, because I kind of like the last time we had been in the, in Tatooine, because that's where it starts. I don't think that's a spoiler. <clears throat> um, we'd been in Book of Boba Fett and there was a, a very orange tinge to the planet mm. in general. Like it yeah. was very orange, like orange filtered or whatever. This felt desolate and cold, even though it was Tatooine, it yeah. felt cold. Um, because they had toned down the visuals. Yeah. And so it, and it also felt, I don't know, just like high definition. Yeah. In a way. It was really, really fascinating and uh, visually appealing. And then the story itself was like mind blowingly fresh. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, uh, Fresh in a way that I completely said was going to happen, which is also like, I know how this is going to work. Yeah. But it also was wonderful and exciting and just felt really good because it also did things that I was like, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Do you want to get into spoilers? Yeah, let's get into spoilers. Big, 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 big spoiler warning. If you haven't watched the show, do not... We'll go and watch the show. It's available. Yeah. And then come there. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <sighs> he is a sad boy in the <laughs> desert. Yeah. And he is absolutely broken. And I love this. Mm-hmm. But it's also exactly where Luke was <laughs> in, in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, like the comparison to that. I think Ewan did his own version of that, but like seeing people in that place is sometimes quite hard, especially for um, certain fans who do not want to actually perceive themselves being reflected on yeah. screen. Yeah, it's I, I, I'll speak as like an Obi Wan Kenobi fan. Like he is my number one favorite Star Wars character, um, it, and like it, I identify with the character in a very real way of like. I have mannerisms that I have just cribbed from both both Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor's performances where it's like there are things that I do that I know I do them because I love that character mm-hmm. so much. So being somebody who is that connected to the character, it's like it, I get what you're saying, like where it can be uh, uh, upsetting to see yourself reflected <laughs> in that way, sort of like. And, yeah, but, like he's the hero in the prequels yeah. and he's the noble mentor who's sacrifices himself for the greater good in the original trilogy but seeing yourself literally at the lowest point of your entire life where you're almost entirely stuck and spiritually dead it's like literally like it's spiritual aridity you're dry your bones you're crushed down you're in the underworld like you're at your lowest point yeah and and I think I think like Luke's characterization in Last Jedi is very angry, mm-hmm. right? We get a lot of that anger coming off of him um, at the circumstance and you know mm-hmm. his own decisions and all of that. So he's very mad at himself. But with Obi Wan, it's it is much more sad and it is much more traumatized because it's not. It wasn't just the one sort of moment. It was like I think like like that that early 
dream sequence that we get as he's sort of replaying it was everything. the entire, in his every mistake you've ever made yeah. played back in your dreams, yeah. Obi-Wan. What, should I have done this differently? Yeah. Should, like, should what, I have never trained him? Should yeah. I have, yeah. Yeah, and I think like he's questioning all of that um, and trying to do right by Luke, um, but you know, being stopped uh, to, to do even mm. that, just even the smallest thing, you know? Um, and, and I think that we see a lot of that trauma and then not to skip too far ahead, but to skip, I guess, to go all the way to the end of the second episode, mm-hmm. uh, when he, we get the reveal of like, Anakin is still alive. Mm-hmm. Like Vader is out there. He, the performance is like, gut-wrenching because mm-hmm. he it's not like he, he doesn't get like melancholy or more sad or angry or scared he has like a ptsd yeah type of response where like you he like tremors and is like frozen on the spot mm-hmm. and and like doesn't is is unable to react in the moment like in yeah. a very dangerous situation as it is already um at, to the point where like his emotions become unchecked and yeah. and uh, Riva is able to just read them like a book. Yeah. Right? Um, from across, like from yeah. across a, 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 a dock or whatever, right? Like, he, it, you can tell that he loses control in that moment, which is not a situation we're used to seeing Obi-Wan in. The only other time I would say that we did is when Satine died. Yeah, yeah. And it, like... That's what I wanted from the show more than anything. Yeah. It's like, I want to see Ewan do what James Arnold Taylor got to do with the character. Yeah. In because that's when, one when of my he broke stories. and in those few circumstances that yeah. he either was pushed too far or had to go into the gray. Yeah. Like, uh, that's why they showed us the Satine arcs. And when he was Rocco Hardeen, yeah. um, when he was pretending to be a, bounty hunter with a different face and Anakin thought he had died. And so it's like, that's the reverse of the situation that we're in right now mm-hmm. where he thought Anakin had died. <laughs> right? Like, so it, it all made sense what they were recommending us watch. Yeah. And yeah. maybe we'll get more of that. It's just maybe it wasn't in the way that we thought. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, after these episodes. Yeah. Uh, I really, really loved sort of this um like i'm hungrier than you that we were getting from reva um like she has something to prove yeah you know and and it gives her a lot of interesting things to play with and the fact that she like she's kind of unstoppable in a way which is also really really interesting to see in a feminine character yeah, I, li- I like the way that they're sort of doling out just bits of her backstory. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, at first, I think we're, we're meant to believe one thing with that that cold open. And yeah. then later on in the second episode where we sort of get the rug pulled out from under us of mm-hmm. like, oh, I, like you came from the gutter. And it's like, oh, so was she a Padawan or was she a force sensitive kid just out there yeah. that was exhibiting something and, 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 and they the picked, her up. picked yeah. her up. Yeah. So yeah. I, and, and what about that makes her different from the rest of the inquisitors as the grand inquisitor calls her out as the yeah. lowest of us all. Right. And so like, it is, it is like, it's setting up her motivation for why Kenobi is her target. Right. And why she has to do this. And I think it has to do with the fact that the other Inquisitors are mostly fallen Jedi. Yeah. Including the Grand Inquisitor himself, 
who um, is not dead. I'm sure yeah, he's fine. That's a bait and switch. He, for he's sure. fine. And yeah. literally, like, people were like, isn't he in Rebels? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, you know. <laughs> Remember that part where Anakin caught on fire? Yeah, literally, like, limbs. they they have back to tanks. They yeah. have, they could replace his insides with yeah. uh, mechanical parts like they did with Fennec. Yeah. A lightsaber to the gut is hardly a fatal blow yeah. in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but, um I think that she views herself because she had never had formal training, which is also like democratization of the force to say she is third sister. She's almost at the top of the ranks of the inquisitors and it's all based on power, not on training or background. Like she never had to unlearn her connection to the force or learn it again or, or enhance it. The Jedi didn't make her powerful she was always powerful i fucking love that yeah i love that so much that is exactly what i need out of the universe yeah to get to get away from the idea of of uh training and who is your father who is your mother who was your grandmother yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it is. Um, it's a good indicator that, like, I think Deborah Chow understands Star Wars mm. in the in the right ways, right? Because I think we talk a lot about about John and Dave understanding Star Wars and having a really good handle on it and telling some good Star Wars stories. But there are a few places that feel like they're kind of like like it's very much from their lens. It is very mm-hmm. much the 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 forty something male white male like Mm -hmm. star wars is these two characters han solo and luke skywalker and so everything's going to be a remix of one of those two characters or just a copy paste of one of those characters yeah it's Um, gonna be you're either the guy on the outside or you're the hero that's coming up the middle yeah yeah so i but 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 i really like the mo- the most complimentary thing I think I could say is that like like the Ryan Johnson approach feels mm, heavy like, like yeah, yeah heavy in this one where it's like I think that 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 Deborah went back and went like how do we tell a Star Wars story how do we do this and and uh, and is pulling from the right pieces of inspiration but at the same time like you were saying it's fresh all so much of these two episodes feel. Mm. wholly new like like com- new but also familiar com- but that's what but it want. works but yeah. it's, it's not disjointed right mm-hmm. which which i think the last time that i really felt that would have been with star wars rebels yeah because star wars rebels was like at first i i didn't think i was gonna like rebels like mm. when they started announcing characters and and we saw the first though when they did the little shorts the little vignettes yeah they were those were really cute but yeah yeah it was yeah. like it was like I don't know if this show's gonna be for me and then we got the two parter and I like by the end of the two parter I was like oh no I think Kane and Jarrus might be one of my favorite characters like, yeah it was and like the space instantly, family aspect yeah. of it was so unexpected yeah. and awesome and um yeah no I. Exactly. It feels the way you want good Star Wars to feel. Yeah. Which is hard to explain, but I'm going to try. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is that um, it's telling you what you've always known about Star Wars in a new way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's the what you've known about Star Wars deep, deep, deep down inside. It's about compassion. It's about love. It's about growth. It's about transformation. And it's also about this um, feeling, right? Like mm-hmm. the force is always the feeling. Yeah. And so, so is the experience of Star Wars. And yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm beyond in love with this show already. Yeah. It's like, it, it really got me. I've been, yeah. I've been saying a lot lately that Star Wars has lost its why, right? Like, mm-hmm. which, and that's something that I bring over from my professional life, working in branding and stuff like that. Like, like knowing your why is really important and all of that. And it should motivate all of your business decisions mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And it's no different with storytelling. It's like, it's not good enough to just do some cool stuff, mm-hmm. right? You have to know why we're telling this story and going into it. It's funny. We've been skirting around this, right? We haven't talked about it yet, but going into it, it was like, why are we doing another Obi-Wan story? Why are we telling this story? Why are we we revisiting Obi-Wan? Why are we digging this up Mm -hmm. and exhuming this corpse in a way? Right. Um, but I I have like three answers to this question. Deborah Chow has been really clear that, that like we found a way into this story yeah. that justifies its existence that's like yeah. sort of gives it purpose right um and that first shot of alderaan when you start to yeah. put it together and you're like oh, oh no oh my goodness are we about to see and we're gonna get leia yeah. instead of luke and all of a sudden it it like it crystallized in front of me it was yeah. like Oh, this That's is brilliant. what this show is about. This is about this is about Leia and Obi Wan and a relationship and a connection yeah. that was like before Luke and and why she calls on him and and this is to my friend Courtney and I had the same thought uh, apparently when we were watching it why she named her son Ben. Yep. Is this actually about Ben Solo? Yeah. Like, it ties in so well. It's, like, a lot of Leia's motivations and who she's become and, like, not necessarily, like, because her father was always a senator. It's just, like, you know, having this interaction at this tender age of 10, which is perfect Star Wars age, right, influenced her to be a person that cared about the galaxy around them in some ways, taking on the best things from the Jedi, but like into herself and integrating her into herself in such a unique way that became Leia that we love. Yeah. Like that's awesome. This is like an Leia origin story. Yeah. Like all of a sudden now Leia has also been trained by Obi-Wan. Yes. Right? Like, that's, like, because he is teaching her lessons, whether he means to or not. No. Which is, like, sorry, he's, it's sort of... But it's kind of like Kanan, who's master. like, I'm not going to teach you, and then exactly. he does end up... Because yeah. it's the dark times, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like the, the Jedi are lost, and the thing that brings Kanan back into, like, back onto the Jedi path, the proper Jedi path, not the, training the, a the student. old Republic Jedi, but, like, yeah, it's yeah. Ezra... And that influence that puts him on that path. And it, we're going to get the same thing with Obi-Wan, I think, where like Leia is really going to put him back yeah. on the path. to, see, And the, and that's going to be how we get from broken, faithless Obi-Wan it's, to the Obi-Wan that we meet in A New Hope. It's his apotheosis. Yeah. It's true meaning. 
just as you said, the crystallization of his meaning in the larger galaxy yeah. and in and in his fate and in his life and in his journey itself. Yeah. It's it's when you truthfully understand who you are in the larger context of everything. Yeah. Apotheosis. That's what that means. Yeah. And it's a big step in the hero's journey before you basically become one with your own source of energy. Yeah. And he himself was completely lost. And Leia is an aspect of himself that is missing from himself. Mm -hmm. The childlike wonder. He never probably really had a childhood. He uh, also has to kind of unlearn everything that he thought he had learned. Yeah. Very Yoda of me to toss that in. But this allows him to completely view things through new eyes because he's, yeah. he is now being rebuilt from scratch. And he will be a more whole person by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, peace and purpose, right? Like that's yeah. from, from The Last Jedi. And it's, it is Luke gets there by the end of that story. And Obi-Wan, when we meet him uh, sort of in Meteor Res at the beginning of, of A New Hope, like he's there, right? And now mm -hmm. we're getting the explanation of how he got there, and and even uh, his scene in Star Wars Rebels with Darth Maul, mm -hmm. where like, how do we get from, you know, I have to kill my brother, right, in order mm -hmm. to save the galaxy, and then go into hiding to, uh, the compassion, and and like that, just that that gentle. I mean, he kills Darth Maul. Yes, but, but he, he does it with uh, Pieta. He yeah, holds him yeah. and he has compassion for the fact yeah. that this person has been chasing him his whole... This is this is part of his darkness that yeah. he has had and he has carried with him. And he... This is how I interpret that. He loves that darkness mm -hmm. and he loves Maul yeah. in the end. And that is like mind-blowing. Yeah. That you could get there. And I'm not... I'm going to humble brag just for a moment. I said this would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the story is out there and it makes sense. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah. It's, it's going to connect those dots, right? Yeah. It has to connect those It has those to. Dots. It has to, like, log... In, yeah. Like, it has to go into the next phase of what's going to happen. Um, it's a lot easier when you know where a person is going to go yeah. on their journey. You're like, oh, hey, this is the next thing. You said something to me when we came out of the panel and we connect, we met up that you said like good Star Wars makes other Star Wars better. Yeah. And yeah. I truthfully love that. It, that's, that's my measure of the best Star Wars stuff. Right. And, and especially like because the last Jedi made everything better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, when we, when we have a, a franchise that jumps around in the timeline so much where it's like mm -hmm. we do something in the sequel era and I'll, you know, I would have been really nice for them to announce something today. <laughs> I would have really liked something in the sequel era, but then we jump back to the prequels mm -hmm. and then, you know, with Acolyte, we're going to go even further back with the high Republic. We're even further back than Movies that. Movies we may go really far back. Yeah. Right. Um, and so like that jumping around in the timeline allows you to, to sometimes 
fix something that some people see as a plot hole like Rogue One does where it's like well the flaw in the Death Star is is intentional it's yeah. not it's now it's not a, a you know a deus ex machina sort of you know contrivance it's actually like no there's, there's a reason for this right <clears throat> um and and this to me is like Obi-Wan is definitely doing that I mean, we, what we were talking about was yeah the idea of when Luke witnesses Obi-Wan dying on the Death Star yeah. and then they go onto the Falcon and they're, they've just, they're, they're just about to fight the TIE Fighters and Luke has that moment where he's all bummed out at the, the yeah. chess table and, and Leia's Leia comforting comforts him. him. She's just realized, maybe we were sort of surmising, maybe she's just put together that General Kenobi and Ben, the Jedi that yeah. rescued her on Dayu are the same person. Yeah. Because Luke busts in and goes... I'm here to rescue you. And she's like, who are I'm you? I'm here from Ben Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she's like, Ben Kenobi, right? Like that reaction. Yeah. Um, which you know, has always been one of those things where we're like, why would, she wouldn't know him as Ben Kenobi. He's yeah, guy, yeah. Right? Like it could be that or like she's kind of known that he was both those things. Yeah. Uh, because now she knows the, both those things and like empathizes with Luke as somebody who also you know, appreciated him and cared about him, yeah. you know, it, 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 it makes you reevaluate things. And, and, um, this iteration that happens with star Wars, when it's done well, it adds to the story yeah. so much. Like the idea, like, you know, people are like, well, why did she name her son Ben? Like, well, now she has a reason. And also, yeah. also it makes it, it makes us feel good that, she had a relationship with Ben Kenobi as well. Yeah. It, it, it elevates Leia to the same level as Luke, as Luke yeah. from the get go. Right. Yeah. Like, if not, I mean like, like even it more, might, yeah. it might even put her a little bit higher up because she's had this one-on-one -on -one interaction with him at, a, at this very impressionable age. Yeah. Right. Whereas Luke is much more, like he has to unlearn everything, right? But but Leia is at the point where like the the lessons that she's learning from her parents, which was also so refreshing and wonderful to see parents <laughs> doing the right thing, giving yeah. good advice, um, being loving and, and caring and tender yeah. with, with their child. We've in got the wonderful Wars parents universe. in this. Yeah, and it wasn't like it wasn't under the like. These are the last words I'm ever going to say to you, sort of pretense. Um, obviously, we know where that eventually goes, but uh, but but it but it is still like it's very it was very wholesome. The family scenes with with Breha and uh, and Bale were like they they were wholesome family storytelling, and it was it was really nice to see that in Star Wars, where like the family unit is such a broken thing in yeah. all of the stories. There's yeah. always somebody missing or some trauma, or you know, like like Alderaan is really important to me, and seeing yeah. them as like a normal family, regardless of the chaos, yeah, was just like so good. And Brea and Bale like. This this place means a lot, and like Leia, Princess of Alderaan, mm. like set there, and like getting to see it live action with young Leia. Like I didn't catch the actress's name, and I don't have it on me right now. And IMDb has failed me, so it's I don't, not there yet. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but she is 
exactly what you want. It's so funny because, like, we have all these quotes from Kathleen Kennedy. We will never recast one of the main characters. And then literally they cast, like, this firecracker of a little girl who is Leia. She's got, like... Like the spark. The the yeah. moment the moment when Obi-Wan is like, How old are you? And she's like, Ten. Like, you don't talk like like you're ten. And you it's don't like, talk like you're ten. Yeah. It, 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 because she doesn't like there there's there's a couple of moments where she sort of steps out and starts giving him orders. Yeah. She starts telling him what to do, and you're just seeing like the formation of, of her the woman that she's gonna be. Her, her total ego self, like yeah. what she will be and how confident she is in her own power and everything. Yeah. Like it's all there, but yet it also like, I'm scared running away. Ah! Yeah, but like, she's still a 10 year old. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. it, yeah, it, 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 they, I don't know how they found her. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how you cast for that because obviously like Carrie Fisher is a, one of a kind human being like mm-hmm. like impossible to replicate um in this morning at the first panel when when they they had the whole clip thing of of celebration or whatever and and her stuff came up it was like you couldn't help but tear up because mm-hmm. it's such a loss to not have her right yeah. and and celebration really makes that feel mm-hmm. you know apparent um because she was such a huge part of it for for a few years there um and and to find in a ten year old mm-hmm. that spirit like that to to nail the comedy yeah. and the the drama of that character yeah. as a ten year old I mean like and just sass. amazing and sass oh my god so yeah sass. sass like so good um but aw. but still but still authentic and genuine not in like. She's precocious, but not in that weird, like, this is a TV show, so the kid is precocious way. Mm. Like, so much of uh, my daughter is five and a half, uh, five and three quarters. She'd get mad at me if I got that wrong. Um, I, and she's very precocious in the same sort of way. Mm. And so, like, I'm watching this, and obviously, as I said, I identify with Obi-Wan. I'm identifying this little girl as Leia with my daughter and seeing their relationship and the, the banter mm-hmm. and going, like, this is so, so authentic. It's so genuine. And, like, I just... I don't know how you cast kids like that. Like, to find them. <laughs> and then get that performance out of them. And, I, I mean, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Deborah Chow. For, yeah. For, for putting those pieces together and then using them the right way. Using them the right way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and Luke just being... A kid off in the distance. I love it. <laughs> love it. I love the bait and switch of like how the much kids. how much Luke do you think we're gonna get in this? And it's like it's like none. <laughs> actually, I think that's it. I think yeah. what was in the trailer might we might get like one no. more clip of him towards the end. But I, mean, I don't know. He could come back. He could. It's there possible. Could, it there could be, could possible. be yeah. there could be a moment where he has an interaction with the crazy wizard. Yeah, yeah. And then like that's the last time that he sees him until he's eighteen. Yeah. Right. Like that could yeah. still happen. Um, yeah, I also, I have a 10 year old and so like all of this feels very familiar (laughs) as well. There's also like something that's uh, been happening in recent years of this like male nurturing fantasy where Mm. I get to be the dad who also has power. Like it's, it's really plugging into this like primarily male psyche that's like you can care about others. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right, like with Mandalorian and Grogu and yeah, you get a little sure. bit of this like 
Uncle Ben. <laughs> like, yeah. Uncle Obi-Wan. Because he's like, if if everything had been normal, Anakin and Padme could have, like, been together. Yeah. Leia and Luke would have known him as, like, Uncle Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it is, I mean, like, there are so many, uh, like, fanfics and, mm-hmm. you know, art, art com- like, comics and art pieces or whatever of, oh, what if everything was okay? And there's, mm-hmm. you know, Uncle Obi-Wan with the kid, like, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. being ha- a, ha- a hapless uncle, right? Vader and son. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's it. And that is exactly what we get, get to see in this. Yeah. But, but guess what? It's canon. Yeah, <laughs> like, now it's is- canon. It's like, literally, they took this concept and would yeah. like... You know what? He's actually the kind of drunk uncle yeah. who had now has to babysit. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's almost like adventures in babysitting. Adventures in babysitting. In yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Which I love. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's like Obi-Wan who's been like, I live in the desert and I am old, you know. Um, it's so it, it's such a it's such a wonderful opportunity to get to see like that character be rejuvenated Mm -hmm. by one of Anakin's children Anakin and Padme's daughter yeah and so like Luke like heals Vader but Leia healed Obi-Wan like oh which has to happen in order for Luke Luke to be set on the path yeah yeah like like, yeah that's exactly and and when he talked about Padme even though he didn't, like, she didn't know he was talking about her mother. Like, it was just the right way. It was just the right yeah. thing. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. She was stubborn, too. I'm not stubborn. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did. They, they, ca- they found a kid that captures Carrie Fisher as Leia that gets the Padme Mm -hmm. stuff in there because there is a little bit of Mm -hmm. like that, you know, like aggressive negotiation sort Mm -hmm. of attitude. Yeah. Like it's just it's I am flabbergasted by it. It's just like it. And we were talking about like when she came out on stage and everybody hugged her. Okay, so the cast came out on stage after the two episodes and they introduced the little girl who played her last and everybody like had turns hugging including Ewan I was like what yeah because you you could tell that they developed a very close they spent a lot of time together yeah yeah Yeah. like he could be like Uncle Ewan for all we know (laughs) like oh it's yeah I I always say this is one of my number one things on my podcast. People talk about anytime we'd finish a season of the Clone Wars or Rebels and people go like, what do you want to see? What is speculation on the next season? What do you want to see? And I always say, always, always, always surprise me. And they did. They surprised me in the best way possible yeah. with a story that like, I don't know. Feels I, good. I need it right now. Yeah. It's like, it feels kind of perfect. In the moment, um, it feels really good for Star Wars to be yeah. going in this direction. I say give Deborah Chow whatever she wants. Whatever she wants. If she wants just, to do more Star Wars, give it yeah, whatever she wants. Blank checks, man. Like, just, Same with the Brace Dallas Howard. We need yeah. these women. And um, is it uh, Stephanie Green yeah. as well? Yeah. She's just so solid. I actually, and this is such a weird thought, I actually think there's space for an Obi-Wan Kenobi too. Based based on this, like, I actually could see a secondary story 
develop out of this. I don't think it's necessary and I want them to tell a complete story and and like have it to be done, but I could actually see that there is space with this Leia actress. She grows up a little bit and then there's like a thing that happens and we could see him come back. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can actually see that happening. Whereas I couldn't see how there's a, there's a comic. It's one. It's it's my favorite of the old Marvel comics. Uh, in the midst of sort of uh, the first couple of storylines, um, for for the the original Marvel stuff, like back in the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. I uh, there's a one off issue where Luke kind of asks Leia a little bit about Obi Wan, and she tells him a story about General Kenobi during the Clone Wars. Mm. Um, and it's got, he, he's got this like all black outfit with like this white silver belt and white boots and gloves. And it's like, it, it, it's almost prescient. Cause then you go back and you're like, eventually he does kind of, cause he wears the clone armor mm-hmm, at one point mm-hmm. and I, uh, it all kind of fits in there. And I would love to see them do something like to adapt a little bit of that into the story as well. But like, th- there's still room in this story. Yeah. For where he tells her stories of the clone wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, like, it, yeah, there, I think that there is a lot of opportunity and, and, um, and this world. I, we haven't even talked about Kumail Nanjiani's character either. No. Who, like, like, what the a faux Jedi the and fo- like. The, but then, and like, we're sort of set up to not, we kind of, he's cute and funny, but he's also kind of a bad guy. Yeah. But then by the end of the episode, we get this, this awesome twist with the character. Yeah. Where it's like, like he it still does out, help. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 there is a, there is a heart of gold somewhere deep underneath all yeah. of that self-serving comments. A, a, um, literal human tr- smuggler with a heart of gold. Yeah. And I, I, and the fact that like coming into contact with Obi-Wan is what sets him on a path to do mm-hmm. the right thing and make amends and whatever mm-hmm. um, is such a cool thing. And I think, and I think also another one of those things, like, like all of these pieces of the story are going to be peppered in to push Obi-Wan back to like, you have to find a way to stay hidden and protect Luke, but also like you can't stop being a good person right yeah like, which is where at the beginning the the guy is like only half and i thought that they were on the train like or afterwards that he would like give his credits to to the guy and be like here take this yeah and to do something but he doesn't he doesn't yeah and and he yeah he's like he actually can't because he's he's so stuck um I have a very silly comment, which is, didn't the cutting of the thing make you want sushi? <laughs> it was, it did look appetizing. It like, looked it, like, I'm like, what is yeah. this? What oh, is this God. space sashimi? Yeah. That off we of this are giant sand ray. Off this giant, oh, like they were cutting like a sand ray? Oh my God. Cause the, yeah, cause yeah, like the thing yeah, that yeah. they were, that, that the camp was all set up against. So that was my read on it is that they're like slowly harvesting this giant creature. Oh I, my it's, God. It's, an, it's another piece of <laughs> That the, was wonderful. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even like put that. I'm like, what are they doing? But that yeah. totally makes sense that they're like literally cutting up the sand whale it, or the giant it, thing. And oh, there's some, there's some interesting stuff with that. I'm going to have to think about that before I record the deep dive. Yeah. That's it, some interesting um, stuff. I love how it's creating, it's another layer on top of the crate dragon, creating like this, this ecosystem on Tatooine that yeah. we have no idea about. And, and you're like, how does this function? Yeah. Like the black first, melons and the yeah. crate dragons and the, 
Yeah, like, yeah. At first I thought, like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's, like, fossil-like. Because we, in Boba Fett, we got the whole thing of, like, oh, once this planet was just seas. Like, it was just oceans as far as the eye could see. And I was like, okay, so that creature died and was fossilized and then has, like, slowly been revealed. And they've created a camp underneath it. And then you see that, like, they're they're cutting off chunks of it. In order to ship them off somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so maybe that animal was alive in recent history. And it's um, actually, like, lives in the same... Oh. And it's part of the ecosystem. Yeah. So, like, obviously, if a crate dragon is as big as a crate dragon is, there's got to be things that the crate dragon eats. Because it can't mm-hmm. just eat banthas and people, right? Like, it's there have to be bigger animals. It makes the sands more scary, too, in general. Yeah. To be like, there's things that actually yeah. exist and this live. giant yeah. sand manta ray. And it's just like... I mean, I know that you feel this way about Star Wars as well, but I just love it when Star Wars gets weird. It's so good. It's just because, like, we think we we know so much about Tatooine. We think we know so much about it because we've been there so many times and And we've seen it. And they made it fresh. And that's all I can say is, like, you made me want to be on Tatooine. That's, like, you can't do that. Oh, you did it to me. Yeah. Good job. Here's this here's this new piece of lore and this new location and this new sort of cultural component of it where all of a sudden it's like that is super interesting and it super fantasy. It ties back to Luke's fish and, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It like the the layers yeah. on top of the layer like I just You're going to be thinking about it for days cuz it's just does yeah. that. It yeah. it makes you think and you're like that is the Star Wars we need. That is the the thing that we need. And so, yes. Yeah. That's where we're at. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm so excited for next week. And we only have to wait until Wednesday, I think, right? Yep. Uh, so it's not even that long. And we've got to celebrate. We've got, we have the rest of celebration. So to be like, ah! It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go by real fast. And all of a sudden, it's going to be Wednesday again. And we're going to be talking about a new episode. And I feel like we have seen so much of... What was in the trailers? We haven't seen mm-hmm. the the Fortress Inquisitorius or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we have, so we haven't seen any of that stuff. But I do feel like I the we'll Dayu have... stuff we're we, we're done with. Yeah, we've seen a lot of I'll, the Tatooine stuff that we've seen in the trailers is all I think in these two episodes in the first yeah. episode really. Um, I think we'll get uh, because of where it ended in the second episode. I think we'll get Vader doing things. Yeah. Either a start or middle of the next episode. So yeah, I think the next episode of, will start with him. Tons of Hayden. Like yeah. him being in the tank is just like, oh, uh, yeah. him being in the tank at all. And they're actually, that that was Hayden in the tank. I just, yeah. it's good. Like, oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. What, what we've got in store is just like, because cause that's where we have to get to. We have to get to. Anakin and Obi-Wan confronting each other. Yeah. Right. And how are we going to get from here to there? Yeah. Is the part with Leia done? Like, has he rescued Leia or is there, are they going to get waylaid now? And this is, this is also something that they're going to connect the dots on, which is how did Obi-Wan get to the point where Obi-Wan once thought as you did Luke. And then he's like, not actually, you got to confront Vader and probably kill him. Yeah. Like, so Obi-Wan's on one side of the fence, and Vader's like, he tried to save me at one point. Yeah. Obi-Wan once thought, as you did, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get an actual conversation between the two of them, where Obi-Wan's going to try to bring him back. Yeah. But, but and again, 
good Star Wars making other Star Wars better, Obi-Wan killing Maul in an act of compassion gives us this this uh, look into his psyche on like like this is a kindness. He can't fight this he is can't mercy, fight right? he can't kill Vader. He himself can't yeah. kill Vader. He cannot kill to punish. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, He's yeah, not the one to kill Anakin. It's it's but and it also like like this is so interesting because we know that Luke's journey ends in a very flawed place. I mean, it ends in, in peace mm-hmm. and purpose, but like he gets to a very flawed place with his Jedi Academy and with Ben and all of that stuff and sort of looking at it and going like it, it's sort of like the the root of it is it may be poisonous because it is Obi-Wan's like. I, I'm going to train you now. You're going to become a Jedi so mm-hmm. that you can finish what I couldn't mm-hmm. so that you could carry out this deed. And it's like, but that was obviously the wrong path. So Luke's kind of just got that in him, right? You can't uh, walk somebody else's yeah. path, right? Like, that's so important. Yeah. So Luke, Luke having that, he's able to, in the moment with Vader, do the right thing and mm. Vader is redeemed and all of that. But that training from Obi-Wan is still that, yeah. that instinct to destroy before saving yeah. is there. And so like that then goes on to inform he his senses, interactions with Ben. He senses that yeah. darkness. And, and I've said the, the one good thing about the Luke, uh, ben storyline that trust gave me was it justified in any time i have that argument with anybody who's like luke would never do that i go like well if we take trust at face value what he was sensing was not ben he was sensing palpatine and the last mm. time he was in the presence of palpatine palpatine was lighting him up and killing yeah. him and then his father sacrificed himself to destroy Palpatine. Mm-hmm. So he feels that presence and instantly reacts and ignites his lightsaber in the same way that he did on the Death Star. And that's that's the only thing like I can go and, and trust. Having Palpatine come back makes that moment in The Last mm-hmm. Jedi work really well for me. And it's a, like this perfect retort that I have back mm-hmm. to, to, to people who want to like try and take that moment down, right? Like, ah, it makes a lot of sense to me. That's the Luke that we know. That's the Luke from Return of the Jedi. It is also the Luke that, like, momentarily tried to kill his dad, too. Yeah. Right? And, like, let that anger and then turn back from it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it it just... The the more we get of Obi-Wan and his uh, motivation and, like, this apotheosis and everything, the closer we get to understanding... Because it's lineage, right? Like, mm-hmm. not not from bloodline, but, like, I love tracing, like, uh, Brotherhood is a really, really great, except this the new book mm-hmm. that's come out. Because there's a lot about, like, the stuff that Qui-Gon passed down uh, to yeah. Obi-Wan. It's like Jedi, Jedi Anakin. tree, Je- Jedi family in yeah. some ways. Because it's like, you're, and, like, Obi-Wan got stuff from Qui-Gon who got stuff from Dooku. Yeah. Right. So like also that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it like it I I love looking at that stuff and going like, where are those like mm. through lines, you know, and like and how does it diverge? Because obviously Anakin learns certain things from both Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and then he passes on those lessons to Ahsoka. And then Ahsoka, I feel, follows on a very similar path to the path that Qui-Gon was on. Right. Yeah. Like like by leaving the order and say like when she says 
no more. Like, like, mm-hmm. you're, like the, there's clearly something wrong with the Jedi Order, so I'm not a Jedi anymore, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then eventually comes back around to it because she comes to understand the will of the living force and all of that. And mm-hmm. so in the Ahsoka series, I think we'll get more of that um, and bring, bring that back in. If they connect Maul into it, like we've talked about before, it, and if there's like Qui-Gon parallels in Ahsoka and then Maul is coming in alongside that, yeah. it's a really great way to close that circle, yeah. right? Because obviously, you know, Darth Maul killing Qui-Gon is, yeah. is, is something that's almost unresolved. Um, in the galaxy, like, oh, it's resolved for Obi-Wan's story, but like, mm-hmm. like there's, there are repercussions of that that echo all the way into Ahsoka, right? <sighs> I'm going to wear my Maul Lives question mark at some point during Solo <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> yeah. But uh, is there any other final thoughts? No, I think that's it. I mean, like, I'm just so excited for whatever's coming yeah. in these next episodes because it is going to genuinely surprise me. I have full faith in Deborah Chow. I like, she can do no wrong at this point for me. Like it's just, (laughs) you've completely earned my trust. I, yeah, I'm along. You get it. You get it in a way that I was not expecting. Yeah. Um, not that I didn't think you were wonderful. I thought you were great. I wanted femme gaze and you gave it to me. You gave me a feeling camera where you actually see his emotions. Like his face was the whole screen. Yeah. When he found out that Anakin was still alive, and that is exactly what we need as an audience to feel these things better. It was, in a way that Mandalorian and Boba Fett have been unable to do, it was abundantly clear what was going on the Mm -hmm. whole time. I think one of the biggest things with Mando and Boba is that there's a lot of opportunity for us to go, I think this is what they were going for, or at least I hope that's what they were going for. Yeah, and, and yeah. only to you know be disappointed by certain things, and then in other moments to 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 be sort of uh, uh, vindicated in in some stuff. But um, but yeah, like there is a lot of room for interpretation, which mm. I think is a little bit more Dave's style. Um, he likes to leave those sort of. Open-ended I don't think we can moments. trust the Star Wars fans with room for interpretation. But that's truthfully. the thing, right? Uh, yeah, we need to actually be very clear with the messaging and also clear with the layers of storytelling the symbolism and the uh the actual things that happen on screen and then the music has to be following and i have a lot of thoughts on the music but i'm gonna i'm gonna be saving that for a future episode where i'll actually get some musical experts on to yeah to talk about it uh but the kenobi theme is really really interesting yeah 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 yeah. very interesting piece of music yeah. So, Michael, yes. where can people find you if they are looking for more of your thoughts on yeah. things? I Well, I, I mean, first and foremost, I guess the podcasts. Uh, there's lots of, like I said, 14 years of legacy content. I'm not going to be putting out as much in the future, but there's there's still lots to go back and listen to me when I before I was Raylo and had really bad ideas uh, <laughs> I, on Kylo Ren and all that sort of thing. But, You've learned. Um, it's a redemption yeah. arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Faster More Intense is is where I do the live action stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rebel Cells is uh, is our animated show, um, which started as Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast. But you can find that all in the same feed with Rebel Cells. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter uh, at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And sometimes I'll post, uh, you know, a Star Wars rant or two, but also a lot also of art. Also the art. A yeah, art. your art is really wonderful. Yeah, so uh, there and on Instagram, uh, uh, at Archangel Wolf, A R K 
uh, and then the WULF uh, on that as well. So well, Archangel Wolf. Thank you for letting me drag you to have a quick yeah. reaction podcast. It, in the middle of the night. It wouldn't be celebration if we weren't up until one o'clock in the morning talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. You know? Yeah, recording a podcast. Yeah, about it's got to be done. Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. And there'll be more to come with a deep dive with Alex Kane. Uh, that'll be out a little bit later, uh, just because I'm still at celebration <laughs> and have literal plans from dawn until. 1am <laughs> so there we are uh take care everyone cheers thank you for listening to what the force i'm marie claire gould your host our intro and outro is orchestral music by christy carew for what the force we have a patreon at patreon.com slash what the force we would like to thank all our patrons especially those who love what the force melody night huntress in wild space felicia how rude Anna Perez, Neil, Joe Allen D, Christian Luca, Josh Johnson, Scott C, and Susan. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube or leave a five-star review on iTunes or other pod apps. It helps others find the show. Check out our other channel on YouTube, What the Fiction. You can connect with us on Twitter at WT Force Show, What the Force Podcast on Facebook, or our website, whattheforce.ca, and our Discord. Links are in the liner notes. Feel free to reach out and start a conversation. Cheers. a collector's item because it's a collector's item it's going in next to my uh you're just gonna put my, it on my the- mythos statue <laughs> like yeah. I, i'm like i don't like i'm so happy that i have it but now i have a box of cereal that i have to worry about for the rest of my life that's so funny it's absurd <laughs> being a star wars fan is ridiculous uh every is. every second of it is uh, is completely ridiculous is regard yeah uh <laughs>